0: Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick, here with Jack. And dude, this summer is looking like there's going to be no baseball, and I've never been more depressed in my life about there not being any baseball.
1: Yep, you saw the uh, official delay of spring training today until March 5th. Um, It's it's depressing news, and yeah, I'll let you dig uh, a little deeper into that because I think they had an interesting meeting. What was it yesterday or two days ago?
0: Yeah, so it was. What um, was it on the seventeenth? So they they came in, they met, and like you said, you know, the spring training was officially kind of like basically delayed. Um, <clears throat> and they came in on the seventeenth, met in New York, and the, this was probably like I want to say maybe the the shortest meeting they've ever had—fifteen minutes. That's. All it lasted, fifteen minutes. Like, like I, I've, I think I've taken shits longer that, that you know, longer than fifteen <laughs> minutes, dude. Like, like that's, that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous that you have an organization, uh, an entire sports league, and the union come into to New York, get dressed up. You know, they probably had breakfast. They probably made a meal. They probably go ke- come in with like all these points to make. And it only lasts fifteen minutes. Like, are you as that's fucking insane to me that Major League Baseball and the owners and the the, the players' association only met for fifteen minutes? I, I just it's it's beyond my realm of like understanding how that happens.
1: Yeah it it is uh it's it's pretty hard to to um, grasp that. I did hear that um, you know Jeff Payson Payson somebody like that on twitter he was saying uh um he was saying that they are expected to meet at least uh a few times next week which i guess is a plus but shit 15 minutes like you said you know it's it's very concerning you know if you want to see baseball um come out come back out and you know being a Mm -hmm. Sox fan i think uh um as we'll we'll finish up in our mlb we do have some exciting news i guess for next week but um, yeah, I mean, being a Sox fan, we're in a win now era and time frame. Yeah. So any day that we're prevented to seeing our product on the field, you know, given the last 10 years that we've, we've endured, you know, we're, we want to see it now and we don't want to wait, you know, especially with COVID, uh, the COVID shortened year. So we want baseball, especially, you know, on the South side and, and of all of Chicago. I know, uh, I know the Cubbies are itching to play as well.
0: Yeah, dude, and 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 you know, you mentioned like we're in that win now window with with the with the White Sox, and it's true. Like, what do you do with like how, how do you deal with this? As like a fan of like a team that is in that situation where hey, we've got the pieces. You know, you you guys made the playoffs last year, um, and it looks like you guys are poised to va- make a very deep playoff run. You know, this coming season, or you know, that's what that's the expectation, right? and to be mm-hmm. to be just a fan of a team like that and then to to see shit like this go down it's almost infuriating because you just you you should i don't I, we take player side of course right because the owners are fucking greedy 100% mm-hmm. but you know some of these things that they've done they've almost kind of like um they've almost just negotiated something and then they just fall back fall back on that and then want more like for example like it, the uh, the union had modified its proposal cuz they wanted a bonus pool of i think it was like 105 million for uh pre-arbitration players and then they raised it up to 115 so not only did they give like a number at the beginning but the, you know they went away from that number and then increased it and you know they said okay well we'll do 80% of those players instead of the 100% right but still it's like fuck man like that that could have been something that maybe would have been already um I guess, accepted by the by the owners and things like that. But I just again, I just feel like these talks are kind of going nowhere and they're just like getting farther apart from meeting in the middle and being like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. And I know um, the biggest thing is probably the luxury tax. And even though I don't really know too much about like what all this shit really means, like it it just kind of pisses me off that, you know, these are the things that are going on between an entire major league and you know it's players
1: yeah and you know it, it it's a gut punch it, it really is you know mm-hmm. i think uh, as as we were talking to steven you know he's just ready to play some ball and, and get out there and and everyone's just hungry to to get started you know i think uh um all it takes is some budging and uh mm-hmm. if they if they want to see the product you know resolution is going to need to be be solved obviously a few weeks back the uh Um, the MLB wanted to bring in a, what a federal mediator to, to kind of smooth things over, but that wasn't, uh, wasn't approved by the players. And, and we understand why, why not, but it's starting to look like maybe that was kind of a decent solution. I don't know, you know, if that would have resulted in where the players wanted to, to end up with the con, uh, you know, with what they want in their, uh, their agreement, but yeah. It's, it's dark days for a, a sport that, you know, is kind of on the, you it know, it's in a weird point, you know, baseball is, mm-hmm. is America's pastime, but it's not America's sport anymore. And, um, its popularity has definitely died. So having an out, uh, lock, a lockout when you have so much talent with all these players across the league, you know, you've got Otani, you've got, you know, Ronald Acuna, hopefully coming back healthy from, from his knee injury. And you've got, you know, the guys on the South side, and and tons of studs all over uh all over the league and all these young guys are breaking in and uh, to not be able to watch them is is uh it's just it's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, and you bring up, you know, our interview with Steven too, like that's one of the only reasons, like talking to an actual player, someone who who wants to just play the game, <clears throat> excuse me, and and just get in there and then go back into the league, you know what I mean? Like that's that's one of the reasons that I support the the players way more than the owners, right? And uh, you know how how you're saying you you all this other young talent with Shohei pretty much taking over the league. Him and Trout really are like one and two. You know when you really think about it, um, it it again loses a lot of younger fans to the league. And like you said, it's no longer America's game, man. Like it's football all the fucking way, and basketball is definitely a very close second. Um, nowhere near as big as you know football, the NFL, right? Um, they're breaking records every year with the Super Bowl and whatnot. But something like a
1: hundred and I can't remember the number they said of viewership for that Super Bowl was yeah. nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's ridiculous, yeah. and it was in L.A. too. You know what I mean? Like the, the these guys, the league knows what's going on. Yeah, they hate they hate uh their their commissioner, but he's bringing them a ton of money, a ton of exposure, like. And and Rob Manfred is just like I I just don't think he gives a fuck, you know what I mean? Like yep. just plain and simple on my end, like I don't think he gives a shit whether baseball is around in the next fifty years or not. He doesn't care. Um, and this is this is just another kind of clear way of showing it. He had, he had a small kind of like presser with some media and like you know you're they asked them uh, you're a very uh, optimistic guy, but you know, doesn't this kind of like fuck up any future plans for baseball? And he just kind of gave like some bullshit backhanded answer. I don't know. I don't remember his answer. I just remember being like really mad at him. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, you're literally preventing baseball from happening. Um, again, it's just sad because here I am on YouTube at fucking, I don't know, 10 p.m. watching highlights from like the 2016 Cubs and just wishing that I could feel <laughs> that way again, you know, sometime soon. And and then again, and, and now that with the news, Baseball might not be happening. They already pushed spring training. Uh, It's just getting bad, man. It's getting bad to be a baseball fan out here. And it's just going to, I feel like it's just going to get worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the league kind of stated they wanted four weeks of spring training. um, Being pushed back to March 5th, opening day being the 31st, you can almost guarantee um, that somebody's going to have to, you know, budge for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that, um, I don't see that happening. You know, obviously uh, a majority of the free agents for this market have not signed. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there was reports of like Anthony Rizzo, you know, he was, he hasn't uh, totally closing off the idea of coming back to Chicago and making a reunion. And so, you know, as Cubs fans, you can hear that and you could hear that for another month, but, who the hell knows, because they can't discuss anything. And yeah, um, so it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how everything plays out, especially with free agency being delayed, you know, and then, um, you know, spring training. So it's, yeah, I, I look forward <laughs> to hopefully a, a good week of, of meetings starting Monday between the two sides, but yeah, they need to, you know, they need to rapidly find a, find a solution.
0: Yeah, man, honestly. And, and like the biggest thing, right? Obviously, like just the biggest thing that gets me is how much great content we could make as a Cubs and White Sox fan on this podcast. It's like if there's a season yeah. we could make so much great content with that shit, right? With the, with the season going through. Um, no, obviously that's not the most important part, but uh, like you said, man, there's got to be someone who budge,s whether it be the owners, whether it be the players. And uh, I I think really at the end of the day, it does have to be the owners because they they have that just huge amount of money and there's no season they're going to see how much that affects them in their pockets. And I think really at the end of the day, something big like that is going to have to happen for them to realize, Hey, we need to fucking open up. We need to be able to, to move closer to what they need and, 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 and just have baseball, just plain and simple, have baseball. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you hit it on the nail, you know, obviously with, uh, with last, no, not the season that finished just, you know, in October, but the season before that with only really having the final two rounds of the playoffs, having fans, if, if it wasn't even that, I know the world series did, but um, the fan, you know, the owners lost out on that money. So they're going to be, they're going to be starving, especially these small market clubs. So um, yeah, you got to think that financial impact will uh, um, hopefully drive a, a nail into the Um, you know, into the coffin in the sense that they, they do get this negotiation, you know, hammered out.
0: Yeah, really. And, and it's just happening at one of the more, more exciting parts of baseball season, like free agency, right? Like the pitchers and catchers reporting spring training coming in, you're seeing the guys that will possibly be on the team. Maybe you have some guy who had, you had no idea about, and just, 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 just shines in, in, in spring training. And then all of a sudden he's on the big league club, you know? Um, So again, they're just losing more, more fans, more, more possible fans. Um, and the youth just doesn't give a fuck at this point and they're going to realize that, um, soon enough, but yeah, that was, a that was just very depressing to see that a 15 minute interview or a 15 minute, uh, meeting. And that's kind of how it went.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, there's no, <laughs> there's no way of spinning a, a 15 minute interview or meeting in uh in a, a good light. So, uh, mm-hmm. but however on on some positive news for for your White Sox listeners out there we will have um of of high uh, you know very big t- Twitter personality in the White Sox community and Brian Knights joining us for an interview next week so look forward to uh, to that somewhat time next week
0: yeah sometime uh, we'll probably we'll probably have it again on uh probably have it out on Thursday kind of like we did with uh Steven mm-hmm. um and yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed that if you haven't listened to the interview go definitely take a take a listen to that because it's it's great to come talk to someone who's been in the big leagues um and again just he's very it's very relevant that we that we spoke to him during these kind of like MLB talks so and again he kind of goes into a little bit of why he wants to play and you know some of the stuff minor leaguers have to go through as well so definitely take a listen to that and With Brian uh, Brian Knight's coming on next week, that's going to be really huge for White Sox fans, and I'm sure you guys are going to have a lot to talk about. I'll be in the kind of the background, just you know, wishing the Cubs were relevant again, kind of like was the Sox are. (laughs) Uh, So you guys have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about there. But yeah,
1: he's going to hop on, uh, talk some Chicago sports. We'll talk some White Sox. Um, But yeah, no, Stephen Stephen brought some great stories. uh, Told us a great story that um, I'm going to make you all have to tune into the interview to, to hear <laughs> yep. about Joe Maurer, but, uh, definitely some really fascinating stuff. And, um, uh, you know, we look forward to keeping tabs on Steven and, and hopefully wishing him a, a successful spring training and, and, uh, and season here with, uh, with the Cubs organization.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, you know, moving on from one depressing talk on to kind of another depressing talk, the Hawks lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <can't laughs> you, you almost spit your drink
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dangerous. The Hawks uh, uh, lose yep. seven to four against the Blue Jackets, and they put up a fucking three spot in the third period, dude. On them, and granted, you know, obviously, I'll let you get, get into a little bit into into you know more depth on this topic, but they did have a rookie goalie. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah definitely played a part into it.
1: Um, yeah. So to break her down. Uh, Arvid Soderblom. He's a rookie, and uh, he's I think he's 22 or 21. So you know he's mm-hmm. a young guy. He's he's actually uh, helped Rockford, uh, the AHL organization, kind of put him in a p- position to fight for a playoff spot. So he's been really good in the AHL. He's he's someone the Hawks are, um, it, you know, hoping would would turn into something that could be you know of a of an NHL caliber starter or um you know kind of a a fringe backup role or something and that lines with that so you know i think um in Derek king's presser after the game he kind of mentioned that the defense and the and the the forwards didn't really give soda that much help so mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. He, he, he even actually went on to say that he, he felt bad for the kids so um you hate to see rookies kind of go through that obviously it's a it's a huge um uh it, it hurts your confidence tremendously and you don't want that coming into the league. And, um, so he's, he's trying to make a name for himself. Marc-Andre Fleury had the night off. Uh, it was a really high scoring contested game. I think, uh, it was what it was four, three or, um, I think heading into the third and then, yeah, you know, yeah. Columbus was just kind of able to, to pull away, um, in the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the, of the third period. Um, the Hawks, did uh, did get some scoring from Kurashev, who actually ended up having uh, a few points on the night. Carpenter got a goal, and um, it you know, continues his scoring streak of, of his 29th on the year with uh, Kane getting a, an assist on that. But uh, Mackenzie Entswistle, a rookie, he was able to, to find the back of the net for his fifth. But, um, you know, you kept, couldn't keep... Uh, line A had a, had a hat trick, and, and uh, you know, Columbus came out, came out very hot as uh, Seth Jones faced his his former team for the first time. And, yeah, uh, you know, it, it saw Jones kind of, what was his plus minus? I want to say it was, yeah. So unfortunately Jones kind of saw a minus two. So he's out there for two goals against, and, um, it could have been three. Um, he, I think he did have an assist. So, um, he was out there for three, uh, goals against is what that does mean. But, um, you know, you hate to see that. Obviously the Hawks have been, mm-hmm. been struggling. Um, Soderbloom faced 36 shots, had 30 saves on 36 shots. And, uh, you know, like I said, wasn't given much help. And Merz Merz Lincolns, on the other end, stopped 28 out of 32. So both goalies kind of struggled. Um, Definitely more of an offensive uh, performance. You know, Hawks had four power plays, were able to capitalize once uh, while giving away three penalties and allowing Columbus to score once. So. Uh um, unfortunately, rough. uh, you know, you're kind of seeing, uh, in the face-off, face-off dot, Jonathan Taze's absence, who was actually added to the IR recently. Um, so you're seeing that kind of come to light that the Hawks are, they're losing more draws and, and that's a very, uh, uh, important way of breaking out of your zone and, and establishing possession in, in the offensive and, and in general in the game. So, uh, something the Hawks definitely need to improve on or, um, you know, obviously with Kane or with Taze Hurt. You gotta hope for his his recovery from a, I think it's a concussion to come back yeah. soon. So,
0: and he's he's um, one of the best in the leagues, like on those faceoffs yeah. too, right? Yeah, like he's just so oh, good. Absolutely. at Absolutely, I remember like like again seeing them on their on their you know their their Stanley Cup runs. Like he would anytime it would be a faceoff, you'd have Taze on there and he'd win it every single time. I don't think I've ever seen one where he lost it really.
1: Yeah, I'm um, trying to pull up with his his career uh, face-off, that that is, but. Yeah, no, he's definitely a stud uh, going down through those playoff runs, and he's been uh, he's been historically known as a great faceoff guy. Um, so Kane or Taze, I think, he suffered the concussion before the All Star break. So we're coming up on you know two three weeks. So hopefully, um, he's recovering. I know Lucas Reichel from the AHL, uh, first rounder of two years ago. He's called back up, so look for him to play tonight versus Dallas. Um, so that will be in a kind of an exciting thing to to look forward to um in terms of what's going on the hawks actually interviewed surprisingly enough they they uh, jumped into the basketball world and interviewed teresa or they're going to interview i think they're very interested um in teresa mm-hmm. Rich. Uh, she's vp of of toronto's uh um basketball operations and player development so should be interesting I, i've heard she's a very brilliant mind in uh in the sports world uh, people were kind of surprised that just you know given the difference in the sport that um there's some concern there but the hawks did mm-hmm. mention you know as we we've said before that they they want to think out of the box and 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 bring in these minds that um could be different so uh, definitely an interesting thing to keep an eye out on as, as she's interviewing for the, um, general manager's job as, as the Hawks will probably release something, uh, being Friday this week, I, I would assume next week if, if they do end up bringing her in for, for a, uh, um, interview, bring her in, yeah, in for an interview. So, um, yeah. obviously, you know, Kim, I can't pronounce her and Ning, um, she's the general manager of the Miami Marlins. She's you know, being the first gym woman. Um, general Manager, you know we could see potentially a second here in Chicago. So definitely, nice. uh, um, kind of uh, an interesting story brewing there. Uh, in terms of the deadline coming up here next month, Mark Andre Fleury, obviously his name circulating throughout the the rumor mill. The three teams oh, yeah. I've really heard of serious interest is Washington, which I've actually also heard that he's turned down a few um, trade requests um, through the the past weeks, but look to potentially seeing him um going to maybe Washington Edmonton or Pittsburgh and a nice little reunion in Pittsburgh I'm sure would uh would be very oh, yeah. exciting for Marc-Andre Fleury but um other teams um could be interested or Colorado but uh given Darcy Kemper's kind of career year um that could potentially not happen so uh, he was quoted on saying that if he is gonna move he would love a chance to win and that's what you know you play for and that's what I love, but it's still a big if at this point. So, um, hopefully, uh, things are you know that that situation is is taken politely and and in the right manner, as you know, as yeah. well as the Hawks being able to recoup some assets. Uh, besides that, you know, dropping that loss in uh, in to Columbus last night, they did beat uh, Winnipeg on Monday in Winnipeg three one, but uh, also dropped a. A five-one uh, decision to St. Louis on I think the weekend. So, you know, you're still seeing a, a series of a very inconsistent play, and uh, they still give up a, a ton of scoring chances for the opposition, and it's 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 showing up in the goals against column. So, you know, you got to tighten up the defense and, and hope for some better performances in the back end to um, improve things.
0: Yeah, and you you know we did uh we did uh, the the one episode last weekend before the st louis game and then they lose 5-1 to them and i was like god damn it here i was on the show talking about how i love beating st louis and this and that and then they just go and fucking lose to them by four goals i was like fuck
1: yep it's (laughs) um it it seems to be a common reoccurring theme at least for the last few weeks that um they'll win a game lose a game so we'll see what Mm -hmm. happens they're playing uh, uh dallas actually as we speak so they're they're just about wrapping up the the first period, I think, there's a minute left, and it looks like it's been a pretty even play. I know Dallas had a a, a power play, which Chicago was able to kill off. But um, right now, it looks like shots are ten seven in favor of the Blackhawks.
0: Oh, okay, not bad, not bad. Um, did you want to talk about the women's women's loss to Canada? That was well, the women's.
1: The men's. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Dude, that was that uh, was know. rough.
0: I didn't get to see the men's team, but the women's man against Canada. Like I, I remember watching that game. I forgot what else I was doing. I was watching something else and I was kind of going in and, in and out between those two things. And every time I would switch over to the women's U S Canada game, it was like Canada was just overwhelming them with, with yeah. their offense. It was ridiculous. Like they couldn't do shit. Uh, so that was a rough loss. I really thought, I mean, they, they ended up, you know, Canada ended up winning three, two. It just, it, I feel like it was a it was a, a way more one sided game than the score sh- than the score showed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, Canada came out wanting the the gold a lot more than the U.S. They I think they either took a three nothing or three one lead before the yeah. U.S. was kind of able to claw one back with like I think it was twelve seconds left to make it three two. So in reality, you know that game um, was a little bit more lopsided than than the score kind of showed. Um, I think it's Sarah nurse. And I, I, my apologies if I, if I've got the the name wrong, but Sarah nurse, she kind of, she broke the the women's scoring record for, for an Olympic tournament. So um, she had a beautiful campaign and and capped off, I think with a goal or two in that, that gold medal game. So um, you know, well-deserving to the Canadians, obviously I I had my message to them. Um, (laughs) And we will always take a silver medal, but you know, Given the last Olympics, you want that gold, and you know the U.S. Yep. U.S. Women's is is hungry. Uh, you know that captain of that team was a is an Illinois native, and in Kendall Coyne and Show Show Showfield I yeah. think. Um, and so she's you know someone you always want to root for, and and she's been in very popular and and uh, um, active with the Blackhawks in youth and in social uh, uh, oh, or awesome. in the you know media aspects. So. Uh, you want to see the women's game grow for sure. And I think this tournament definitely did that. I think she was quoted even after the game, you know, saying these many people turned up on a Wednesday night at, you know, 11 o'clock Eastern time, 10 o'clock Central yep. uh, to watch this women's gold medal game. And, and it was one of the more, I think, if not the most watched event so far of the winter olympics. So, um you hope to see some more respect and, and these women get the airtime they deserve when they're playing uh their professional hockey back in in the states and and in Canada. So, um, I think the women the women's tournament definitely put on a great show and and the respect towards that game definitely uh definitely showing its its um it's light. So, um I do yeah. believe Finland was able to grab the bronze in in the women's bracket. So, uh, you know, Canada uh US getting the silver, Canada getting the gold, and Finland getting the bronze. And fortunately enough, since we've last talked, so we did beat the Canadians on the men's side. It was a yep. beautiful game. Uh, hard fought. And the US came out and and kind of like how Canada's women's team did, they wanted it a little bit more and capitalized on some on some opportunities on their scoring chances. Um and that win actually propelled them to the number one seed in the men's tournament. So, like, everyone's like, yes, yes. Good. (laughs) Thank God. Good. So then two, (laughs) uh, I think they played on, I think they played on Tuesday. So Monday night, uh, the Slovaks drew drew, uh, um, Germany and uh, found their stride through that game and and kind of destroyed a team that U.S. was able to beat by a goal or two. And so, you know, Slovakia found their stride and, and really took it into that game with the U.S. and yeah. We we're able to tie up uh, a two-one score to two-two with about forty seconds left in the third, as the U.S. had the lead, and and brought it to overtime, where unfortunately no one was was able to find the back of the net, bringing us to a dreaded uh, uh, penalty shootout. And
0: yeah,
1: it's kind of it's it's sad, ironic, maybe uh, a little bit, but it was uh before you know the the shootout brought the game over to to midnight in the United States, but. That day, the game had started was actually uh, I think the eighth or it was the eighth year anniversary. I don't know if you remember the TJ Oshi um, penalty shootout with uh, with Russia back in, in Sochi where it was kind of went nuts, but it was actually the eighth year anniversary of that that day on that game. So it was it was kind of heartbreaking to see the US God, uh, unfortunately uh, losing the penalty shootout, and and uh, the harder bullet to swallow is the US couldn't find the back of the net in the penalty shootout and. Um, you know, Slovakia moved on. And uh, yeah. um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, and on the interesting other point, I guess, is that Canada was also knocked out in their quarterfinal matchup. So um, look to see maybe a, a Finland-Sweden final potentially. Or, um, you know, I know the Russians are still the heavy favorite coming, uh, coming with, uh, you know, kind of the most talented roster in those Olympics. But, yeah, Fuckin that's kind of your your hockey breakdown in, uh, in a small world of, of, especially the Olympics. It's, um, it's funny. I, I, I really got into curling as well. Was, uh, <laughs> yes, all you, all you people, it. all you listeners that they've got a Peacock, uh, uh, membership. There's, I think it's the, the rock stars is what it was under. And they're playing in the, the bronze medal match. I think it was today. I don't know how they did, but, um, uh, it was a great little documentary on, uh, on the, the men's curling squad that was able to win, win gold in, in, uh, um in South Korea in twenty eighteen. So it was a nice little story about them and as they kind of got ready to take on uh um uh, for some of them. I think the captain it was like his fifth Olympics. So kind of yeah. impressive stuff that that uh um he actually ended up holding the flag for the United States in the opening ceremonies. But interesting documentary for, for you sports fans out there that are for itching for something to, to watch.
0: On the peacock for sure. Uh it's yeah man, it is it was just disappointing to see that, that the, the men's hockey team lost. I don't know. I was just kind of psyched, you know, especially after they beat Canada too. So I was like really psyched. And and then this is just me being ignorant in, in women's hockey. Like, bro, I was watching that game. I'm like, man, these these women fucking are rocking each other. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm so used to just just watching NHL hockey and watching these, these fucking guys is fucking come at each other, you know, in the boards. And I'm like, it happens the exact same way in the women.
1: So – it's it's interesting those those u.s canada games are always the most chippiest for for women's hockey yeah uh, at least in my opinion um the women's game is definitely there's less allowed contact that that you're seeing in the men's level but those games are definitely as chippy as hell and and some of the most yeah. exciting hockey you could catch uh um, i think with with the world juniors for the men's and women's getting canceled this year it kind of for me as a hockey fan i really enjoyed uh um, watching kind of, you know, I think for the men's side, it was like 15 college kids, you know, matched up with probably another 15, you know, guys that are spread out throughout the world playing professionally. So for those guys to come in, play three great uh, round robin games and kind of give that excitement, it was fun to watch. It gave you that miracle-esque type feel, but yeah. unfortunately a quick quick heartbreaker <laughs> for, for USA Hockey on, on kind of uh, uh, both ends, but uh, absolutely congrats to the to the women's team for, for capturing silver and it was a hell of a hard fought campaign. And we look forward to, you know, continuing to see their success um, on and off the, off the ice.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. It's going to be, it's just going to continue to be amazing. And, you know, hopefully, you know, with the popularity that, that, that it saw here in the Olympics, it just continues, like you said. Um But yeah, that was talking hockey. I've got something for you. So getting into some bears here, a really interesting story coming out of, uh, you know, obviously Nagy and Pace are no longer with the organization, but still like some really interesting news coming from that era, like maybe like last year when they were still here, um, mostly from Alan Robinson. He was on Steve Smith Sr.'s Cut It Up podcast. And he pretty much was like giving it to fucking Nagy about uh, not meeting with him uh in 2020 kind of like uh basically it was after it was when they had decided to give him the franchise tag you know I think it was before that so this is another thing that Nagy's done and we'd we'd spoken about it uh with Trubisky uh he didn't mm-hmm. even like meet with them he you know Trubisky was kind of like confused at that point he's like what's going on so basically Alan robinson was saying he was a pending free agent uh, and he didn't really know where their relationship was going and he was expecting an exit meeting and that he was kind of just waiting for a zoom link. And he said he was he was waiting for it a week, no zoom link, two weeks. Now they're in January, February. Like they never ever got it. And that again is another just another nail in their coffin. And it's like showing that these guys didn't give a fuck apparently like they were so up their own asses that they, they thought, you know, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't have to give these guys a player exit. I don't have to give these players an exit interview or anything like that because, you know, he's going to find out whenever he finds out. And again, it just goes to show Nagy was like such a piece of shit. And, and it just, I'm glad he's, he's gone. I'm glad him and him and pace are gone, but they, there was a, a tweet as well from some guy, Max Markham that Nagy and Pace almost were like sabotaging Allen Robinson's career because, you know, they, 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 they stuck the franchise tag on him. And then his, like, all of his stats went down the following year.
1: Yeah. I think uh, if you look at the last three in terms of, I think targets, it was in like 2019, 154 targets or in 2020, you know, you saw that decrease a little bit to 151. And then in 2021, not even half, cut it up by more than half. He had 66 total targets Jesus all course. season long Jesus to a guy course. you franchise tagged. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and to back up Allen Robinson, I know, you know, former bear, Anthony Miller, you know, who had a tough time as a bear and was kind of expected yeah. to do more, but he's been, he's been backing up uh, Robinson all the way through. And, you know, it's, it's disgusting. As you said, you know, it was a similar thing that they pulled kind of on Trubisky and um, it's, it's, it's a, it leaves a bad taste and, you know, you're hearing these things and for good reason, these guys probably won't have a job in this league for hopefully a long time. You know, you heard the rumors of Detroit being interested in in Nagy, but um, you know, I I think, uh, (laughs) I think uh, it was months ago at this point in Detroit, I think let the media know that wasn't going to happen, but. Um, <laughs> They're like, fuck yeah, no. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's pretty sickening and to treat your studs and a guy who, you know, I, I commend him. He didn't, he didn't bitch about it during mm-hmm. the season. He's, he's, he's talking about it, you know, now in February and the season's over, he waited till the season's over. He waited till everyone's out of the locker room, didn't want to be that disturbance. He, and, you know, you're, you're hearing all these players come out and say, you know, that, that the players wanted these guys gone long, long ago, and and yep. I, I give a lot of respect to Alan Robinson for not trashing these guys through the middle of the season and kind of being that disruption in the the locker room because uh, um, no, yeah, I give a lot of credit to Allen for that.
0: And it, and it just goes to show like the professionalism that Alan Robinson has had throughout his entire career versus the unprofessionalism that Nagy has had and probably will continue to have, you know what I mean? Like maybe this is something like you were saying, like the Detroit lions were looking at him. We're like, fuck, no, we're not getting this guy. Uh, You know? And it's, it's similar to like, I don't know, working a job and then finding out you've been fired because you're not on the schedule for next week. And you're like, what the fuck do I I have? Zero hours. next?" week. you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like similar to what's going on with Robinson. And then it's like, they find out, he finds out he's getting the franchise tag, not even a meeting with the head coach, the head fucking coach. Um, you know, he finds out that way. And like you said, man, like it's just, it's, it's big on, big on Allen Robinson for not being somewhat of a, of a, uh, what is it, like you said, like a disturbance to the team during the season, knowing that he just had probably the worst season of his career 66 targets. I think he had like a one total touchdown last year and like 400 and something yards. And then for Anthony Miller to come in and pretty much agree with him, back him up and be like, yeah, that's that's actually very true. Like it just goes to show that this shit has been happening since probably year one of Nagy. You know what I mean? And as a Bears fan, you you know, you you just love to see that they're gone. And then all these stories come out. Who knows what other stories are going to come out uh, in this offseason? Um, because if this is just one with Allen Robinson, imagine what's going to happen with like people they've already cut, you know, or or got rid of in uh in uh nagy's time you know maybe jordan howard has something to say um you know who knows what 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 this team uh players on this team uh who who got to experience nagy no longer on this team but what what are they going to say about him and it's just it's i don't know it's just kind of like it just makes you angry you know
1: oh yeah absolutely and you know i think you'd expect that Allen robinson probably finds unfortunately a new home in in 2022 and you know, I think all Bears fans would welcome him back with open arms, and and we sure as hell would. Yeah. Um, I think you look at the roster right now, heading into the next season, and and what Darnell Mooney's like the only guy under contract, so
0: the definitely a
1: lot of uh, um, question marks to to solve in that receiving core. And um, you know, you want to you want to give Justin Fields the most um, uh, most options to succeed. So I wouldn't be necessarily against i'm I'm fully for bringing back Allen robinson especially knowing you don't have those draft picks to to kind of build that talent up through the draft so um if you want to compete and you know kind of help develop uh fields you need two decent um not decent you know you need two great receivers that he's throwing to and so you know i i have i i think all bears fans coming into the season were like oh mooney's coming into kind of his own like Oh, Mooney Robinson, that duo—it's going to be elite. It's yeah. going to be elite. And then you see yep. this—you know, sixty-six targets—and it's like, the guy knew he his job was on the line, and mm-hmm. you know he alienated Allen Robinson. He, uh, you know, trashed Trubisky on his way out. He—he's just it. Yeah, good riddance, yeah, and, Signora. And I
0: take, and I take back my comment, like. Maybe you didn't have that connection with Fields during the last season. This is obviously something that Nagy did on purpose. You know what I mean? Like the sabotage of his fucking career. It was. It wasn't a a uh, a, a missed connection with Fields during that season. It was definitely Nagy just being a fucking piece of shit, and you know, not really kind of um, creating the offense around a Robinson or or just around the field, you know, obviously we know now that he can't fucking run an offense to save his life or, you know, his career. Um, so, so I kind of take that back. And like you said, you know, we'd love, we'd, we'd, we'd welcome back, welcome him back with open arms. Absolutely. Now, because now you have ever Now you have Luke Getzey who can come in and, and really see the pieces that they have realize, Hey, Allen Robinson is sure. Fucking hands. Mooney is that mm-hmm. guy who can go downfield deep, get a fucking 70 yard touchdown. and, we have two guys that we can basically form an offense around around Justin Fields and then Montgomery. And then you add Tariq Cohen in from injury. Like it's just gonna be if they add Robinson, it could be a very deadly offense, you know, if they if this off offseason goes correctly with all the coaches and stuff and and Fields is uh development and whatnot. So take that oh, back. Without a,
1: without a question. Without a question. And I and I mm-hmm. do think it would also be very interesting to see in the sense of where his his next contract does, you know, obviously where we'll end up, but what the the numbers would be behind it, I think he was franchise tagged at like eighteen million, so yeah, like he that. was in that that range of probably seeking a little bit over the twenty million mark if I had to guess. I can't remember now. Um, and sixty six receptions, uh, the previous year. It's it's not like he'll be on a prove it deal, but he's he's definitely mm-hmm. was screwed out of a, um some serious money in that sense. And, and I feel for him. I think we all do.
0: Yeah, for real, for real. Hopefully, uh, you know, like you said, hopefully if he, if he did, does decide to come back, that'd be awesome for not only himself, but again, Justin Field is a, a development to have an, a, that, that wide receiver one along with Mooney. And, and I would, then, I would
1: never hope um, or compare anything to an injury, but like, you know, as a guy who, who did have a, a torn ACL in in Jacksonville with, with the Jaguars, you know, comparing that to a year where you're kind of purposely not being targeted. Like I don't, you know, obviously being injured and not being physically able to take the field um, probably stings mentally more, but I could, I could never imagine like that. that, Yeah. That mental and, and physical impact of just, you know, seeing like the, the game is, is being developed and, and played all the way around you. And completely yep. excluding you from everything that's evolved. So um yeah, it's just interesting in that sense. Like I, I couldn't imagine how the um how that would take a, a toll on on a player.
0: Yeah, it's just it, it makes so much sense now and and you know the the fact that everybody like the fans wanted Nagy gone and everything, it like just makes so much sense now. I don't know, man. It's it's all these stories are gonna come out and I'm I can't wait for more stories to come out, like I was saying. Like who knows who's gonna come out oh, with another scary. story about Nagy. Yeah. It it's really very is. scary.
1: And I, I think, you know, I think Khalil Mack's been a very quiet person, but it'd be interesting. I'm sure Akeem Hicks has his his fair share of stories. Yeah. Um true. so it'll be it'll be quite quite interesting to see kind of what does what does kind of like you said come out.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh so so some positive news coming out of uh at least, you know, one Chicago sport, uh the Bulls. Signed well, they f-
1: they're first they're first in the damn Eastern Conference. Give it positive e- exactly. news is some great freaking news.
0: <laughs> this is the best <laughs> news. This is the best Chicago news this fucking year, to be honest, right? Um, but yeah, so so first in the in the uh in the central, I think they're second in the Eastern Conference, one or two, right? I, I forget after mm-hmm. they came off their, their win streak, I forget if they're one or two, but um, being able to, you know. Uh Arturis Karasovas, Mark Eversley didn't really make a huge splash during the trade deadline. And their reasoning was they didn't want to break up this group, which you know I get, but I also don't get. I don't know. I'm kind of like on the fence about both things, but they were waiting for the buyout market. Buyout mm-hmm. market comes, biggest name linked to the Bulls now is Tristan Thompson. So coming yeah, off
1: is it what Chloe? Chloe is that Chloe?
0: Chloe? Chloe Kardashian bringing
1: yeah. bringing the Kardashian drama to Chicago yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, and I'm and kidding.
0: Levar Ball like dude it's 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 gonna be crazy we have so much to- <laughs> yeah for real um, but yeah Tristan Thompson off of his a uh, few games with the Pacers this year um, you know gets bought out uh, from his contract with the Pacers is expected to sign with the Bulls here uh, once he clears yeah, waivers coach- and all, all that stuff.
1: Their coach, even like in the press conference, I think what last night or two nights ago, was like pretty much summed it up that it, it's it's a pretty damn for yeah. that uh, that Tristan Thompson will be a bull. And I think in one of his final games, he what he had like seventeen points and um, maybe eight or, or ten boards. So mm-hmm. he's playing some decent ball. Obviously, won a championship in in Cleveland with you know LeBron and Kyrie, but um, yep. some some necessary size that I think this roster has been uh, been hurting for.
0: Exactly, and like you said, Rick Carlisle was basically like, "Yeah, he's going. Uh, we're buying out. You know, it was it was nice while last, he lasted. He's going to a team up in the, up in the north. Uh, starts with a C, ends with an O." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, he's definitely coming coming here, right?" Um, yeah. Like you said, man, he's he's got all this great playoff and finals uh, experience. Um, Eleven years in the league, the Bulls are probably going to have to waive a player. I don't know. It's kind of like in, in between between Matt Thomas and Alfonso McKinney. Who knows exactly what's going to happen there? But which um Thomas has been struggling from
1: behind the arc lately, hasn't he? Being a, a three-point so. specialist.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly why like a lot of fans are kind of like get rid of Matt Thomas, but also Alfonso McKinney, you know, very limited minutes uh mm-hmm. uh on the team just in general. And I, I feel like Matt Thomas kind of brings a little bit more energy, a lot more of like that like three-point specialty, like you were saying, right? Um, but who knows at this point what they're gonna do. That's I, I have a feeling it's gonna be McKinney. Um, but we'll see. And, you know, just getting back to Thompson, just all the playoff experience, 22 NBA final t- finals uh, games. So while he's – and he his free throw percentage wasn't great. It was, it was hovering around 68% or something like that. So he probably won't be that guy at the end of the games, you know, the last five minutes or so. It's probably going to be Vooch, which is fine. He has been on a fucking tear lately. But like you said, it brings much-needed size to this team where really the only guy we have size in is Vooch.
1: Vooch and what? Like, I think, is Derek, is DDJ still playing power forward or is he playing three?
0: Uh, that's a good question. But he he kind of brings in, he brings in size, but he's like a lanky dude, man. Like him and even like uh, him and Brown and, yeah, those guys are like lanky dudes. Like, whereas Vooch is a little bit more like, I guess more like filled in. I don't know what, I don't know how to describe it. He's a little bit more muscular, you know? Um but, the, you know, DJJ and uh, uh, Brown Jr. are kind of like lanky dudes. And while they bring in the size, as far as, like, height, they really don't kind of bring in that uh, that strength or whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think I would say you, you would almost make the case for McKinney given with where Levine's at and kind of hopeful, you know, obviously full recovery. And I, I would expect that kind of some resting would be, um, implemented towards towards the playoff, uh, uh, towards the end of the year. And, you know, knowing mm-hmm. the Bulls being on the, the top side of the conference and not hopefully knocking on wood, having to worry <laughs> about any sort of play-in or play-in tournament that the end of the year kind of holds. So um, holding mm-hmm. on to Thomas and having that three-point shooting might be um, something that's kind of prioritized towards, you know, McKinney, who, who is a four or five, right? But, uh, yeah. you know. You know, bringing in someone who with a little more skill set, obviously um, a savvy vet who who probably brings and probably and besides DeRozan, I would say he doubles anyone on the roster of playoff experience. So he definitely doubles anybody
0: on the uh, roster.
1: Yeah, you you need that experience. Um, I think kind of looking at you know, obviously it was baseball, but White Sox issues, um, not much mm-hmm. playoff experience there, and that you know these two years of losing in the wild card and you know that extra game last year but um you know the bulls they need that experience and and if you want to make a long run that that's what helps helps wins championships so great great move for for the bulls in, in my opinion
0: yeah absolutely and then, uh you know he brings a little bit of baggage obviously with the uh chloe kardashian stuff um and he's he's uh he's a big personality <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know it all it's all about basketball obviously with lonzo Coming out to the Bulls, we haven't really seen much of that from LeVar, uh, luckily. But, you know, who knows Who knows what's going to happen with Tristan Thompson. But, again, just size and experience, and that's good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it's it's funny. I think this week was uh, Kobe White's, like, 22nd birthday. And what, he's in his third year in the league, fourth year yeah. in the league? Like, that's nuts to me. And yeah. so, you know, Lonzo, he's, what, 25, 24. Caruso's young. 24. Levine's still young-ish. So, uh, you know, you kinda see DeRozan, Vooch and and Vooch doesn't have much playoff experience being in Orlando. I think he's got probably a series or two under his belt. But um mm-hmm. yeah, your your majority of experience comes from DeRozan and Thompson. So hopefully those two can find that connection and, and you know, obviously the the distractions are there with Thompson, but if you can gel with the locker room, I think that's uh um it will be it will be a good uh a good move. And you don't know, yeah, lose absolutely. having uh having to lose talent in you know Patty Williams, who's trying to come back for this playoffs, yep. and, and other guys, and potentially you know someone like Kobe Williams to or Kobe, uh, Kobe White to White. having to trade for you know some guy that might only be there for three months and and then that's it. So I think that was a very obviously conservative but um, safe and smart decision on uh, Arturo's uh, on
0: Arturo's, Arturo's, Arturo's desk. Carnesolos. yeah, yeah man, I cannot I'm... say that last name. <laughs> Nor <are laughs> I. I, I usually call him Ack. I usually call them ACK, like AK, yeah. something like that, whatever. Um, it is Arturo, right? Yeah, I man. Art our Artoris yeah. My apologies, my apologies. Yeah. Arturus. Yeah, and and you know, when when they did mention, you know, right after the trade deadline that they were waiting for the buyout market, I guess this is this is kind of what they were hoping for, you know. And like you mm-hmm. said, they didn't have to give up anybody for just like a three-month uh rental, pretty much, right? Like we see in baseball all the time at the trade deadline. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but the, in this case, it did work out in the buyout market. And then, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Damar, dude, Damar <laughs> is a stud. such a stud. He, he, he is just been on a fucking tear lately. He has been the Bulls MVP uh, since the start of the season. You know, no, no, no disrespect to Levine or anything he's done for the organization, but Lamar is just above and beyond what he's been doing. He they they're on a five-game win streak. Obviously that we're in the in the all-star break now, but in the last seven games, DeRozan beat Wilt Chamberlain's uh record of game seven straight games with 35 or more points and 50% or better shooting. And the last time, you know, that this is Wilt Chamberlain. The the record was made in 63. This this thing has been like almost 60 years in the making. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy that that, that that record has stood for so long, and, and DeMar you know, has just sh- shown this crazy resurgence on the Bulls um, late in his career. Um, and it was just astonishing to see that because I think when he beat uh, – what was it? I forgot who they beat, the Kings just now. He had 38 points, 16 for 27, and he's just ridiculous. And, and during the, the, the last seven games, he's been averaging 38 points, uh, 60% shooting, 86 percent from the free throw line. Um, he's it's almost he's almost close to Jordan's record, which is 10 straight 35 plus point games. And again, man, there's just there's there's not much you can say about Demar other than just MVP on the Bulls, possible MVP of the league at this point, right? With how yeah, he's been playing, it's, and-
1: it's it's quite uh, astonishing. You know, for a guy who who kind of career wise was never. Who who could shoot the three point game, but it wasn't his his specialty. You know, he's shooting thirty four percent on the year. Um, uh, he's shooting an insane fifty one percent as an average. Um, uh, and twenty eight points a game. So he's he's without a de- without a question. You know, no disrespect to Zach Levine, but um, your Bulls MVP. And and I was I was listening to I think Stephen A. this morning or this afternoon. Um, uh, you know, he's he called DeRozan definitely the most under underappreciated and underrecognized uh player in in the All-Star game and and a serious yep. contender with uh Jokic and and um and beat and kind of the one thing that bothered me about it was uh what Stephen A kind of said and, and it's kind of just true and it's unfortunate but that being as quiet and kind of uh um reserved character like DeMar is that that hurts his chances in this MVP vote and that's yep. that's to me is is just such bullshit you look at Um, the Bulls last year and and being one of the worst, if not the, I think what they were top five for worst record in the league last year. So,
2: and then go into
1: adding basically um, DeRozan in the off season and a few other pieces. And, you know, you look at their tie for first with the heat and at the all-star break. So um, you look at the, who's affecting their team the most. Yeah. I, you know, in our opinion, it would obviously be DeRozan. I know um, and bead without Ben Simmons and you know now having Harden it'll be interesting to see how how those things kind of um, <laughs> transpire in the second half of the season but um, yeah the disrespect but the respect needed to be given to our boy DeMar it's it's been unbelievable it's in and it's two records in one you know the record of, of yep. scoring consecutive buzzer beaters in, in two uh two years and <laughs> in what two nights and um and now you know the wilt thing so it, it's it's capping off just a a career year from, from DeMar.
0: Yeah. He's like you said, I completely forgot about the fucking uh, consecutive night buzzer beaters for DeMar, but you know, and and, you know, what you said about Stephen a saying that, you know, that reserved kind of like mentality that comes from DeMar, like it, it sucks because it can't hurt him. And you, you look back to, to the D Rose MVP year, right? What did he Mm -hmm. say? Like in the very beginning of the season, he's like, why not me? Why not? why can't I be the MVP? Right. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of took off from there. Cause he did win MVP that year and he did go off. His stats definitely showed that. Um, but you still had LeBron in the league. You said had uh, KD. you know, you still have a lot of these players, but it's definitely that like outspoken kind of personality that definitely wins these guys MVP uh, as you see that. Right. Cause I mean, I'm pretty sure LeBron for like a decade there could have won MVP. Um, but you know, you, you have some guys who, who speak out like Rose and then again they show out their 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 stats are there they obviously help the team that they're on succeed as as much as they as much as they've succeeded in that 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 year and it does kind of suck because he DeRozan is definitely an underrated guy. Uh being signed by the Bulls in the offseason was again by ESPN called one of the worst free agent mm-hmm. signings of all time. And you see how he and Zach and that entire team flourish you know, because they're like, how are you going to team them up with Zach Levine? Their games don't match. They're going to be this and that, blah blah blah. No, man, they like they have just completely uh, flourished as a t- as teammates, as a team as a whole. And again, he's just the Bulls MVP. He should be the MVP of the league. Obviously, Joel Embiid is a very great player. Um, don't get me wrong on that, but I just think with his resurgence this late into his career, he should definitely be top two, top three in MVP voting this year. And Breaking records you know a, a great great season record with the bulls so far mm-hmm. and I mean there's just like I said there's just not much more you can say about the rosen he's done everything he can and mm-hmm. it's shown in this this team you know he even when he goes down in injuries he he comes back a couple days later he hasn't been down for that long whereas you guys where you have a team on uh, the bulls who who have had a lot of players out and you know they've played I think I said it on the last episode. I think him, Levine, Vooch, um, Lonzo and Caruso have only played 16 games together and they're still yeah. at the top of the, of the Eastern conference. Like that's ridiculous.
1: Oh, and that's, it, it's to the point of where, you know, Jokic and Embiid are on their list as well of, of being the top candidates. It's, you know, Jokic has played without Murray and, and Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, that I agree. Absolutely. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. And, and Embiid playing without Simmons and, and you know, having kind of to carry. I think he still has what Tobias Harris is still there, right? Uh,
0: I think so. I don't. I don't think he went to the Nets. I think only, uh, only Simmons and uh, and Curry went to the Nets.
1: Yeah. So you know, I think with St- or with what is Curry's with? Uh, I can't remember Seth's brother's Seth. name. Seth with Seth and, and Embiid. It's been very impressive what what the 76ers yeah. have done. But you know, the Bulls they're ahead of the, the standings that, you know, I don't think they have a better record than, than the the Nuggets, but they have a better record than the the, the 76ers. And, um, you know, like you said, they, the, those guys that they've brought in and, the, the, you know, that roster that they were expecting to be kind of healthy and your ideal, you know, they've played 16 games together. And, yep. you know, Levine's been, you know, when Levine's not out, it's 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 been DeRozan's picking it up, you know, Vooch is, is playing his game and, and all these pieces around him are just kind of, are fitting in perfectly. And yeah, I just, I think you can't, it's tough. You, you can't shadow the fact that these guys are and what, what the bulls have done and what DeMar is doing for this team uh, going from last to best and, and mm-hmm. looking at the 76ers and Denver who've both been teams that I think Denver what they won the Western conference last year, if not two years ago. And yeah. um, you know, Philly has been in the top four for the last five, six years. So I just, I think, um for your league to grow. I know, you know, DeMar's more reserved and, and I honestly I have an issue with the fact that, that that could that could decide whether or not you're your MVP. I think the the stats yep. show and you taking a team from last to first and, and if we're talking about the MVP counting as just a regular season award, um, you know, that that it, it's astonishing to me that DeRozan wouldn't be your front runner. Not yeah, you no. personally, but just the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I want him. I want him. Uh, but and and don't get me wrong, right? Like like I said, Embiid's great and and all that. And and even though the Bulls are zero three so far against the Sixers, which is which sucks. That I feel like they're like the Achilles heel right now for the, for for the Bulls. Like you said, last to first, breaking two records in one season, uh, being basically, you know, the one two punch with him and Levine in that on that team. And, that should 100% get him the MVP. And like you said, it just sucks that the reservedness and, you know, not outspoken personality of Demar is kind of almost uh, barring him from being in the conversation. Uh, Luckily someone like Stephen a, even though I, I don't really agree with him or even like give a shit what he says. Glad someone like him in such a high position of like in that, in, in media is is saying like, Mm -hmm. he's definitely very underrated. He's definitely very, uh, very uh, um, reserved, but, He's 100% a star in this NBA. Um, yeah. He should absolutely win it. And there was another thing about Stephen A that I, I really liked, how he's going in on the Knicks. And as a Bulls fan, I fucking love it because the Knicks, at the beginning of the season, I'm on Twitter all the time, especially during Bulls games, they would talk so much shit about the Bulls and how they're going to be better this year, how they're going to be some mm-hmm. Conference champs. And they aren't even within – they're not even in the playoff talks right now. They are such hot garbage and I love it. I love Thibodeau. I love Rose, but they are such hot garbage as an organization. And the Chicago, New York rivalry is just great for not only myself, but the NBA in general. I I just, I just love it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's your two, some of your biggest markets and, you know, you got the battle of LA and and the Lakers, uh, you know, rivalry with Boston through those championships and, and why, you know, obviously since the Rose or since Rose has left, the Bulls have struggled, but uh, um, they're they're a huge market, and they they absolutely deserve the right to have these rivalries with all these big conference teams. And I think you know, going back to your point about you know losing the three to the the Sixers, I don't think they had a single one of those games with that full lineup. So um, yeah. you hope to see. Uh, you hope to see, yeah. You just want to see them at full strength and really be able to compare them um, to these to these top running teams, and and it'll be interesting. And hopefully, all these guys do return healthy uh, um, sooner rather than later. And it, it would be even more of a plus if if Patty Williams does does end up getting healthy. I think that adds so much defensive uh, um, talent and and uh, aggressiveness towards towards the uh, towards the basket that it, it will take whatever we can get for the Bulls heading towards. Uh, towards crunch time
0: 100 man um but yeah fuck you new york uh we're an anti-new york podcast <laughs> oh and i can I guarantee just,
1: you like i i've got friends in new york and they're they're saying the same fucking thing <laughs> they're saying the same thing
0: <laughs> i love i just i don't know what it is man i love it you know it kind of just comes down to like who has the better pizza too like who has the better sport you know jordan against the knicks in the 90s was amazing and Again, you know, we, we said it. Uh, it's been said last year when the Knicks were in the playoffs, and I love that the Knicks were in the playoffs, right? Because the Knicks being good in the NBA, being in the playoffs, is just good for basketball too in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got the Lakers, you got you got all these other teams being really good. Uh, but I feel like if you have the Lakers, you have the Bulls, and you have the Knicks being really good in a year, it's just good for basketball in general. But oh, still, it's, fuck New York. It's-
1: I couldn't imagine how much money they're making. And, you know, I think oh, yeah. you look at the sales of all the jerseys right now and, you know, you you know, DeRozan's is a top selling. I think there's a few Bulls members that are on that top selling list. So yep. uh, it, it's very exciting. And it's, uh, you know, the house that Jordan built and, and, you know, DeRozan's always anyone who steps in that Bulls uniform is going to be uh, kind of uh, in that shadow that Jordan kind of casted. And, you know, rightfully so yep. being, you know, the GOAT. But, uh, um, you can't, you can't ignore what, you know, these guys are doing here in, in Chicago and, and it's exciting times, you know, like you said, it, it is definitely the most exciting, um, aspect in Chicago sports right now. And, um, yeah, we look forward to, to the, uh, to the spring.
0: 100%, man. And, uh, Chicago definitely has better pizza than New York still <laughs> hey
1: coming from the guy who, who doesn't eat deep dish. And listen, I love Rick. I love Rick. And it, it,
0: What do you mean? I takes, eat deep
1: dish. I thought your Twitter bio, doesn't your Twitter bio say, you know, uh, it's something about, I, I, I don't want I to pull eat it more,
0: out. I eat more tavern style than deep dish. I eat okay, more tavern my style. My our, apologies. My our, yeah, apologies. our Chicago thin crust is way better than any fucking New York thing. It's so doughy, dude. It's like it's they fold it. They fly like it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> I hate deep dish. I, I, hate deep I, dish. Unfortunately,
1: I, I love my deep dish. I love my Chicago pub. Um, I don't, I do not mind my, uh, my New York, uh, slice. So I'm, I'm abstaining from that, but yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's been exciting watching this, uh, this bulls team and, and we look forward to, uh, you know, this stretch.
0: I hope you all enjoyed Jack's last uh, appearance on this podcast. After saying he loves it's <laughs> been York it's pizza. been
1: good knowing you all. It's been good knowing you all. I'm a, it's time to return to my little shelf here uh, here on in,
0: uh, in Chicago. No, man, but, <laughs> but yeah, all right, man. Well, uh, I think that's it as far as uh, Chicago sports has. You got anything else?
1: Yeah, no. I think uh, um, great week. I, I, I can't tell you enough how how exciting and and uh in my opinion you know, it was a great listen uh and in, in an interview with steven so definitely go check that out um excited to kind of bring in some guys for you know this this interview series you know maybe not series, but trying to kind of give you some aspect to the listeners of what we want to kind of give you guys so bringing in these these people to interview i think it's it's always interesting stuff and we look forward to to bringing more uh, more content to you and you know crack one open and enjoy your weekend
0: Hell yeah! And buy buy some stock in a Crack Media in Big League Chicago right now. Because <laughs> once we make it big, obviously we're not gonna know who the fuck you are. We're not gonna care uh, <laughs> after all these after all these big time Chicago interviews. No, I don't know. It's but uh, like Jack said, you know, appreciate you guys kind of listening, checking out the blogs. Uh, definitely go check out our first interview with Stephen Gonzalez, our last episode, our uh, last episode that we did. Um, it's great. We're gonna have Brian Mc, Brian Knight. I keep I keep wanting to say McKnight Brian Knight uh, next week uh hopefully to you guys on thursday gonna release some clips on steven gonzalez interview as well on the crack one media ig page at crack 1 media follow me on twitter at and now rick follow jack on twitter as well at siffy man and you know share our stuff uh buy some stock in us now we're we're on the come up gonna be the next best thing in chicago and hopefully you know worldwide um but yeah that's uh that's kind of it for uh, from us here in the in uh, Big League Chicago. Thanks again, guys.
1: Yeah, always a pleasure joining you.
0: See ya!
2: Welcome to the halftime show. I love a nigga. Flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on Sunday. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to the school and frown. Down on something new that they used to they' all these little screw niggas They lame, fuck with them, I can't Basic, mounted, and strange Vision faded and plainer X nigga, One really with it Was on some bitch shit Wasn't a fan of your figure And I only like the skinny women Shit, I like my women plus size No lie, that wide stretch My your butt thighs, that's fine by me She cooks whenever I slide Pasta burger, french fry Sometimes I don't even eat She fuck with my fresh, my fluffy She sweats, she let me out Kiss on the tummy, my tummy, XL it fit a perfect Won't catch me lurking at all, my richer ones I spit saw Sense so proud and so tall, those cheeks are round of applause Over and over and over again So my homie and my parents we were only just friends At first, I couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now, but I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression, have to pick up the penny. Get Skinny nigga, thick wallet, chubby, chasing them Benjamin's now Tried, got all day to change the name, so we winning again Sound positive, hey. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline, yeah. I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline, yeah. I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Them all these little screw niggas that.